0: Folks, our first on demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, is now available for you to learn at your own pace for just 50 euros, and it comes with a certificate upon completion. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for more details. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. Hey friends, this is our final Mid-Year Encore series and this one is with Lena Parker with her brilliant series introducing us to concepts around energy transition and the potential opportunities and impacts that we'll have on the coffee value chain. This is a subject that will only continue to increase in importance as the years move on, so it's great that we're getting our heads around it now. Enjoy and we'll be back with brand new series next week. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapperd friends. I'm your host Lee Safar and today we have a real treat. Um If you are watching this podcast rather than just listening to it, you will notice that the person that is our guest today looks a lot like me. And the reason is because my identical twin is, which just feels weird to say, but my identical twin has joined us on the podcast. It is my absolute honor and pleasure to introduce the coffee industry to my twin sister, Lena Parker. Welcome to the podcast, Lena. Thanks. So... um. We are having a five-part series discussion about your expertise. Lena is not in the same industry as me, obviously. Lena's in a completely different world. Um, and so the series for this, this, the theme for this podcast series is energy security and the coffee supply chain. So Lena, why don't you tell everybody what you do and uh, we can kick it off from there.
1: Thanks, Lee. And it's an absolute pleasure to be here. It's, uh, I think the first time that our two worlds have collided. So, uh, it's as surreal for me (laughs) as it is for you. (laughs) And me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what do I do? So, um, I work with, um, people who are high energy users. And by people, I mean large organizations who are high energy users across Australia and New Zealand, uh, to help them manage their, supply and demand of electricity by augmenting their estates and what we mean by augmenting their estates is by changing their their infrastructure to help them be more energy efficient or to help them not rely so much on the grid for their electricity. So um, you can build assets on on your rooftops, on your land, on your inside your premises, Uh, to give you energy and so when we talk about energy we mean electricity gas sources that give you electrons that you can charge your phones put your lights on um, run your processes and systems and i i deal with industrial scale clients you know think of massive energy users across australia in fact the clients that the organization i works for um they they operate and maintain Fifteen the the clients that we have operator main sorry consume fifteen percent of the electricity in Australia so they mm. are massive massive energy users and so um, we go through we put in solutions for them and it significantly brings down their energy consumption and it also gives them a different energy source to provide them with layers of resilience should there be outages should there be um, a need for more electricity that they don't have, uh, that they can't actually meet their contracts with their energy providers and they need to somehow get more. Mm -hmm. Does that make
0: sense? Well, I wanna kind of have a go at explaining that for the dumb people in the crowd like me, Uh, because folks, if you're listening to this, I, uh, I wanna be really clear about something. I don't know anything about this subject. Lena and I have had conversations about this and I have to get her to dumb it down as much as possible. And I have had a conversation with somebody else uh, about this in preparation for this conversation. um, And shout out to that human for helping me to prepare for this conversation. But he and I both did not have any answers for any of the questions that we were going to kind of confront here. So the the success marker for the end of this series is for me to learn a lot more about this subject and for us to raise awareness of how completely uh, ignorant our industry is or unfocused on a subject that really needs a lot of attention, which is why I invited Lena on the podcast while we were at a Harry Styles concert last night. <laughs> Go Harry. <laughs> Word. Uh, but... But the idea was that we needed to, like our industry needs to get across this subject. So if I understand what you do is you help companies understand, huge organizations understand their relationship with energy and what some of their vulnerabilities might be should some of those needs change or be
1: stressed? Hmm. Um, First of all, I don't think ignorance is the right word. I think awareness is the right word because okay. this is a subject that affects every single industry mm-hmm. all around the world. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is every single country that uses electricity and gas predominantly, they're the two main sources that we use in most countries today. There are some countries that use uh you know other mechanisms Uh, you can add diesel to that you can add fossil fuels anything that's a fossil fuel and so um there are there have been shifts that have happened in the last five to ten years that have required everything to transition away from using coal uh or 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 gas or or polluting agents to generate their electricity uh and so I wouldn't say it's an ignorance, I would say it's a lack of awareness and and the phase that we're in now is action and awareness because <laughs> if I take Australia as an example um, and I know that you have uh, a vast uh, following all around the world. So I'm, I, my experience is in Australia and New Zealand, so I'm going to contain it to that but replicate, literally cut and shift to any most countries in the world. Um, Australia is a very heavy... Um, coal country. Mm-hmm. So we, coal men, we, it's but our electricity is generated in, so when you turn your lights on 70% in your home, 70% of the electricity that comes from, uh, that is being generated comes from a coal source. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been country or most countries have signed up to say that they will be, Net zero in emissions. So this is, I'm talking about climate change here by 2050. Mm-hmm. And what that means is because coal is such a heavy polluter, mm-hmm. it is really unlikely that we will build, be building new coal fired power stations. So when the existing coal fired power stations stop operating or can't, what we say, come to the end of their useful life, Um, which means basically it really costs too much uh, to renew the assets and to operate and maintain them, so you just decommission them or you stop using them, then you have to find something else to backfill that supply into the electricity network. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, and is that the challenge that we're facing right now is how to actually execute on that transition?
1: Yeah, so the interesting fact is 80% of Australia's coal-fired-powered generators will predominantly retire by 2030.
0: Wow, but we've committed to reaching energy targets by 2050, so there's a gap of 20 years there.
1: Well, the point being there's only 10 years to backfill the supply. Right. Between less than 10 years. Uh, It is around 100 months, so it's... What is it? March now. Let's say it's it's nine and nine and a, just over mm-hmm. nine and a half years for us to backfill that supply. And um, Australia has great sun and wind real estate, so we can supply a lot of that backfill or or fill a lot of that um, coal fired power with wind and solar. But that is great when the sun's shining and the wind is blowing. Right. Um, so you have that's not the whole problem. that's not the whole solution, sorry you need to find different things to backfill that and um so we call wind uh wind and solar intermittent energy mm-hmm. so you can never imagine a situation if you imagine uh we were at Harry Styles last night, right, mm-hmm. and so many people were using their phones like there was eighty five thousand people there, and all of them were using their phones. If they went home at 11 o'clock at night and there was no solar and there was no wind and their phones will have uh, ran out of battery because they were uh, recording everything and texting their friends and saying how great it was, charge was out. If they had to wait till the morning to recharge their phones when the solar came back and it started blowing wind, that's just a ridiculous scenario to, it's a, it's a, uh, quite an, uh, you know, a small and, and um, you know, tiny example, but it is a very personal one for people to internalise. Mm. Now take it to an aluminium smelter, right, that has to operate 24-7 and if it doesn't, then there are significant issues there. Or take it to your coffee roasters, right, who yeah. are using their, um, you know, they're they're trying to operate through the night Maybe they're a 24 by 7 operation and they need to be roasting constantly. They need, um, if they're in Australia as they get closer to 2033, uh, then, you know, there is less surety that there will be, um, enough supply in the, uh, in the, mm. uh, in the grid. Now, I'm not being alarmist here or anything like that. What, what I'm trying to do, uh, and, and, What we're trying to do through this conversation is raise awareness so that people can let the people who are uh, working on the grid supply work through that. And that is a significant challenge because you have to have the scope to actually do the build. You have to have the land. You have to have the permits. You have have to have the environmental engagement, social engagement because land, if you're not using it for grazing or for farming or something else, it's being used for something mm-hmm. before you put a solar farm on it. So this concept of social license is really important. Um, then you have to actually do the build, and you have to connect it to the grid, and you have to do all of that. And we need a lot between now and 2033. And uh, resources are getting more expensive. Uh, and in Australia, we're competing against the rest of the world, who is having the same problem. Mm. So, resources are constrained. So, you can see how this is a really complex issue. Uh, But there are ways that people can start to take it, um, take steps now that will save them a whole lot of money as well, by the way. Um, You know, if you do look at solar, um, solar, once you put the asset in, it really doesn't cost you much Mm. once it's in because sun is free. Um, as long as it's, um, as long as it's,
0: except, except, it's except. Yeah. and this is where, except this is the finger that's, wait, wait. So, um, and this is where we're going to transition to the next episode, right? Um, yeah. because our industry predominantly, if we just take a segment of it, which is coffee roasters, right? Yeah. The, that's a hybrid approach. To the way energy is used, Mo- we do have fully electric um, coffee roasting machines, and there is a transition to try and use solar power to power those electric uh, roasters. There's, you know, some technology that's starting to emerge, but it's, you know, all a bit cute still right now. But the majority of roasting machines that are doing any kind of significant volume are using a hybrid model of uh, for their energy supply of gas and electricity, and the the vast majority. Of the coffee that's roasted throughout the world uses this system with no technology coming in the pipelines to actually help that transition happen. So, what we're going to do in the next episode is we're going to break down some of the terms around all of this that we haven't Mm -hmm. uh, talked about, like energy security and uh, net zero and uh, a a whole bunch of other stuff, energy transition. We've got a lot that we need to dissect. Uh, We're going to start really relating that back to the coffee industry from across the entire supply chain because there are issues for producing countries as well as for coffee roasters cafes the logistics across the world how do we move coffee around the world if we can no longer depend on the kinds of energies that power the ships that are moving those kinds of things so this is such a complex issue that Mm -hmm. Lena and I both thought it warranted a discussion um just to start raising awareness and uh We're going to have to bring Lena back onto the podcast a number of times throughout the year and over the next couple of years to try and help us dissect where this is going further. But we're going to head into the next episode and have that discussion. So tune in, folks, uh, and we're going to start dissecting uh, some, some terms for you. So peace, love, and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. Stay tuned for more.